This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Knows. Very good morning. Jai Shri Krishna Guru. Thank you for joining Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. I hope you all had a very wonderful morning. Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha, Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha, Om Shri Salaswataya Namaha, Om Shri Guru Datatre Namaha, Om Shri Mahalakshme Namaha, Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshwaraha, Guru Sakshat Parabrahma, Tasmai Shri Guru Ve Namaha. Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. We'll continue from where we stopped, that is chapter 16, Fruits of Devotion to the Guru. So I'll do, I'll do a quick recap of what this chapter entails. In this chapter, Gurunath narrates to her Brahmin about the necessity of single-pointed devotion to the Guru and the merit of Guru Seva by way of illustration of the anecdote of Dhaumya Rishi and his disciples, namely Aruni, Ved and Upamanyu. Unless the Guru is pleased, the doors of knowledge will not be opened to the student or the aspirant. Gurunath now comes to Billavadi, that is Bhuvaneshwari Kshetra, on the eastern bank of river Krishna. He stays there for four months, Chatur Masya, four months of the monsoon season under the Audambar tree on the western side of river Krishna. So we studied and we learnt about what it means to have Guru Bhakti. What are the do's and don'ts when you are seeking to study under the tutelage of your Gurudev for gaining that knowledge of the truth. And most important, how do you have Guru Bhakti? How should you have single-pointed devotion unto the lotus feet of your Gurudev? This is very, very important. I'll read the chapter once again as a quick recap so that we understand the importance of what are the do's and don'ts when you want to evolve on the path of spirituality and when you have a real master, most important, what are the, what are the don'ts? Means what are the things that you should not do if you care about your spiritual being. Sri Narsim Saraswati told him, that is, who is he talking to? He is talking to So, Siddhamuni is narrating the story to Namdarar and Narsim Saraswati is guiding a Brahmin who is seeking a Guru. He wants Narsim Saraswati to become his Guru because he believes his earlier Guru. He already had a Guru and he believed that he is not getting any spiritual wheel from this master office. So, what does Narsim Saraswati has to say to this Brahmin? Sri Narsim Saraswati told him that it is never proper to talk disrespectfully of one's Guru and that he had committed a very great mistake in forsaking his Guru. He said that it is not for the student to judge the merits or demerits of the Guru. One should have implicit faith in the Guru. Guru is the treasure house and abode of all knowledge and wisdom. Guru is even superior to God. The student must ungrudgingly, selflessly, dedicatedly and lovingly serve the Guru. Whatever be the hardships of service, there is nothing comparable to the service rendered to the Guru. Only if the Guru is pleased, or will all the gods be pleased. If the Guru is not pleased, all the gods even cannot help him a wee bit. Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva form the foundation of spiritual sadhana. What is very important? What is the very basis of the spirituality? That is Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva, without which you cannot even think of spiritual wheel at all. The very foundation of spiritual sadhana. It's not when we say sadhana, see the sadhana is also in the material world where you have to be disciplined, you have to live a righteous life, you have to be truthfulness, many things, be your good self, so many things. But the foundation, the very basis that forms the part of the spiritual sadhana, the spiritual practice is only based on Guru Seva and Guru Bhakti. Without Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva, you cannot have God realization. And the winning of Guru's grace alone is the fruition of all sadhana. What is the most important of all? Winning the Guru's grace. How do you win the Guru's grace? See, the Guru's grace is obtained only when the Guru is pleased. How will, we, how will he be pleased with you? Only when you 
live and walk the talk everything that he has taught you all the beautiful profound knowledge which he has bestowed upon you so you have to now start applying that in your life and living in reality and setting setting an example so that the world can follow too this is what is very much important and the only way the guru is going to be pleased is when you live these lessons when you become that shining light in his world see he can see that knowledge has illumined within you because you have understood the truth and now you are walking that path and then he he is very pleased with you and when he is pleased with you then the fruition of all sadhana happens that is the only way the fructification of the knowledge the sadhana everything happens the guru has to see you living his lessons the everything that he has taught in you it should not be like okay he's taught you and then you go and do exactly what you're not supposed to do then it's never going to please a guru so very more the most important is also to obtaining or winning the guru's grace then Shri Narasimha Saraswati narrated the stories of Dhaumya Rishi's disciples as example and illustration of this truth. So let us understand what the story is going to teach us. Dhaumya Rishi had three disciples. One was Aruni, Aruni Panchal. The second one was Ved, and the third was Upamanyu. Aruni was asked by the Guru to water his field so that the cereal crop would grow well. The water had to be brought into the field. through a canal from a tank which was little far away the tank was shallow aruni dug the canal deep and put up the bunts of the canal canal and water started flowing into the field then unfortunately a breach developed in one of the bunts of the canal and the water started draining out and escaping away through the breach thus stopping the flow of water into the field aruni tried his best to fill up the breach by piling up stones putting sand etc over there but could not succeed the water was going waste and he was worried as to how to get the field filled with water then he got an idea he lay down at the site of the breach thus blocking it the water thereby started flowing into the field he remained there in the same position so that the field would get the water fully it was quite late in the night and as the boy did not return home the guru was worried as to what could have happened to him and he came to the field searching for him he was surprised and felt glad to find that the field was full with water which was never the case any time ever before but at the same time he was worried as aruni was nowhere in sight he called out loudly aruni aruni from the waters of the canal aruni replied in feeble voice gurudev i am here the guru reached to him and pulled him out aruni fell prostrate at the guru's feet and offered his obeisance to him The guru was touched by the boy's unselfish devotion to him and placing his hand on the boy's head blessed him saying may you become proficient and gain mastery in all the vedas and shastras no sooner than the guru said this aruni became fully enlightened and all knowledge dawned on him in a flash how sweet how beautiful is this what does this mean first of all who does aruni represent aruni represents the sattva guna in us what is sattva guna mean sattva means which is full of goodness there is purity there is love there is uns, there is no it's it's all about selflessly serving there is no selfishness anywhere in that being it's about giving it's not about taking and Aruni served his master selflessly. He gave, he wore himself out so that the master's field could get water, the crop could grow. So he was very selflessly serving his guru dev. He was not doing because he want to get the favors of the guru, or there was no hidden motivation or an agenda. He was only committed towards the job which his guru dev had given to him. So he wanted to. perform to his best of his ability 
So Aruni did make all efforts to make sure the field is field gets the water. And what happened? The Gurudev was pleased. He didn't care about his body. He didn't care about whether he will, you know, he'll live, he'll get cold, he'll get fever. He never bothered about himself at all. His focus was very clear. Single pointed devotion to the task which his Gurudev had assigned to him. And he was fulfilling it to his to, to his highest ability. And then what happened? When the Gurudev saw the selfless service of the boy, you know, his disciple and his devotion, single-pointed devotion, ekagrata, single-pointed focus in his job, single-pointedly he was servicing his Gurudev. He was serving his Gurudev. And then what happens? So the Guru was very much pleased and he bestowed upon him that knowledge of all the Vedas and, Vedas and Shastras. And he became enlightened instantly like that. So this is the way the Guru's grace comes. The Guru, this is what it means to winning the grace of the Guru. The Guru is very pleased with this disciple to see how much devotion he has. This is also called the Guru Bhakti. And what are the two things? What is the two things which Narsim Saraswati was saying here? Earlier we read Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva form the foundation of spiritual sadhana. Only when you are perfect in your spiritual sadhana, then the knowledge comes on you. Then the Gurudev confers that knowledge. He bestows that knowledge. That is why we say, Moksha Mulam Gurur Krupam. No matter what it is, whether it is Moksha, knowledge, anything, everything is only with the grace of the Guru. So winning the Guru's grace is extremely important. And to do that, there are two fundamental things. The very foundation of spiritual sadhana is Guru Bhakti and second is Guru Seva. So please remember, just by saying, I am devoted, you know, lip service. A lot of people give only lip service. I am devoted. I can do this. I can do that. But in reality, you can't do anything. You don't even do a single thing. Then what is the point? That is why my Krishna Guruji teaches us how to do selfless service. We have to do every job. He teaches us by example. He sets himself as an example. Though he has nothing to achieve, there is nothing for him to do in this world. Yet he will show us in practical how to live a life of full of sattva, sattva guna in us, which is full of goodness, love. He, you know what? The one thing that I have watched and for many years and, and you know, continue to see how he lives his life is that no matter what people do say to him, it doesn't matter to him. I have only seen my Krishna Guruji always doing the beautiful things, always bestowing blessings upon even those who might have insulted him, said a lot of bad things to him. But he doesn't carry any grudge. He doesn't have any enmity with anybody. He doesn't hate anyone. Nor does he have any anger with someone. He doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. On the contrary, my Gurudev, in fact, he will go and send them a message. Even if someone is angry with him, someone doesn't speak to him. He will go and wish them. He will go talk to them. He doesn't have an iota of ego in him. There is no ego. And he, though he is a great master, he demonstrates what it is to have humility and humbleness. See, we, we, we get very angry when somebody misbehaves, somebody insults us, somebody calls his name. We don't like. We get immediately angry. We get, we get upset about it. And then we are like, who the hell the other person is to, you know, call me that or say this to me. You know, immediately our ego comes. We get very arrogant. But my Krishna Guruji does not even react. He doesn't even speak a word. He'll just say, they are ignorant. They want to say what they want to say. I didn't even hear like the beautiful story of what Buddha and his disciple, uh, what Buddha taught his disciple. Just a quick recap. I've said this story a n number of times. But it is very important that you remind yourself of the story, the lesson, so that next time when somebody is insulting you, somebody is calling your name and somebody is talking garrulously, some nonsense, you don't, you're, you don't let your mind react, most important. And you don't even have to utter a single word. That is the mark of a great being that is the sign of you evolving to becoming great it doesn't matter that we have to equally react to somebody's uh, you know minds chatter it does not matter you know what buddha said there was a man buddha and his when buddha and his disciple 
were walking, uh, both of them were walking, there was a man who came to Buddha and he started abusing him. He called him names. He started saying whatever came to his mouth. And after 10 minutes of banter, and then, you know, he Buddha asked him, have you finished? The man just said, he walked away. Later, his disciple tells Buddha, Lord Buddha, how can you keep quiet when that man was calling you all sorts of names? Why did you keep quiet? Why didn't you give it back to him? And then Buddha said, did you hear? I did not hear. So you can give it back to him. What does it mean? It means, see, they can say what they want. The world can talk however they want. It doesn't matter. Does that mean you, you become that? Does what other people say define you? Or it is who you truly are? See, people can, people can judge. They have a mind. They have, you know, the mouth, a long tongue. So they can talk whatever comes to their mind, right? That is why my Krishna Guruji will say, it is very important to practice silence. Silence is not just shutting the mouth. It's also shutting the mind, the most important. And we don't have to react to people's nonsense. So many a time, my Krishna Guruji will ask me, does it, is it important that you have to respond to what others say or somebody else's mind talk? Why are you getting into other people's mind talk? Let them say what they say. Does it mean that everything is going to happen the, the way they want? No, people are allowed to make their judgments. People are allowed to speak what they want. But when you are on the path of spiritual and when you are a spiritual being and you have a guru and you are studying under me, you are not allowed to respond. So don't respond. It is very important to keep quiet and listen because people are talking to their ignorance. They are filled with ignorance and they are talking through their mind. And the talk, the mind itself is unreal. And everything that the mind does is create doubts. It's deceit. You know, it has a lot of self-conceit. It's constantly judging others. It, that's why here the Gurudev says, one must not judge the merits or demerits of a Gurudev. Forget about the Guru. You can't judge about anybody because that is who they are. So why are you becoming like them? That is why in spiritual, we are taught to always follow and be on the path of Sattva. So from Tamas, we have to rise to Rajas and become Sattva. Forget even Rajas, you can even jump Rajas and become only Sattvic. So becoming Sattva is, uh, sorry, becoming Sattvic in nature is extremely important. If you cannot be your good self, then what is the use of being in spiritual? See, this is very important. Forget about even spirituality, right? Even if you are not in spiritual, the the lessons that we have been taught, our moral, our values, everything teaches us. Most important thing is to always be our good self. We have to see God in everybody. We have to always treat everybody nicely. Be kind to everyone. Be forgiving. Be our good self. But this lesson today has gone out of the window due to the Kali Yuga. And what is the two important thing that is, you know, driving us? The whole world has been driven by two important things and that is lust and greed. The more and more we are getting entangled into this lust and greed. So stay away from those things. It is not important. Have this devotion. You know, no matter what your Ishta is, whoever your Gurudev, you don't even have a Guru, it doesn't matter. The, the God that you love the most. Consider him to be your Guru and just pray, worship to him. Someday the Guru will find you. Like I said, when you have this human body, that itself is a most important tool to have. So you already have the human birth. Second is you need to have the burning desire to knowing, you know, what is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? What is the use of this body? What am I supposed to do in this material world? So when you have the burning desire to knowing yourself, then the most important thing you need to seek is the grace of the God. When these three things comes together, then the Guru finds you. And please remember, the reason we are doing this Guru Charitra is only to recognize and understand the nature of the Guru, the qualities, the attributes. How does a real Guru behave? How does he live? What does he do? What does he come for on this man, on this planet Earth? Why does he manifest? All that is very beautifully explained. And when you find the, when the Guru finds you, when you meet this Master, then how do you, you know, evolve on the path of spirituality with him? That is what is taught. And the very foundation is Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva. What kind of a disciple you have to be? So here there are three different kinds of disciple where Dhaumya Rishi is explaining. It's a story given to us, narrated to us, so that we understand how to be the highest of the disciple who is full of goodness, who is doing, you know, offering selfless service to, it, to his lotus feet. I mean, unto the lotus feet of his Gurudev. 
that is what is important guru seva doesn't mean oh i'm i'm doing you know we just we think we do a little bit and we say okay yeah i've done i'm doing guru seva no what kind of guru seva has to be done is what is given through this story this anecdote that is what we need to understand we have to serve the master selflessly in the previous chapter um, siddhamuni was explaining where you know no matter how difficult the task is how much pain you have to endure but you have to serve the master endure that pain and magic will happen grace will flow the guru is ever protecting you can you believe the guru is coming in search of his disciple because he didn't it was too late it was dark and he didn't come back so the guru mother he's a compassionate one you know what no mother can love you like the guru ma because he's the he's the mother of everybody he's the you know this mother of this universe like my krishna ma even the, the you know my i'll tell you see everybody can care about their children because it is their children as a mother the mother is going to be very much attached it's to her son daughter whoever it is to her grandchildren why because it is hers she feel i have given birth there is ownership there is an attachment but the guru mother is a selfless one he is every, this entire universe is his creation everybody is his child his children they are all his children i am his child every other disciple of my gurudev is are they are his children so what makes you think that you can compare this guru mother to a material worldly mother no the word mother is very profound but in the material world yes the mother has to take care of her children it's a different it's a different think all together but we cannot ever compare this guru ma to anyone in this universe because what the guru does not even any father mother of yours you know can ever do to you nobody can do to you not your husband brother sister friend no one can do to you example if one day i am late or if i have not informed my gurudev you know like krishna ma i am going to be late you know i have got stuck in a traffic whatever might be the case he is ever waiting he will message and ask where are you are you fine have you done this you know so much of caring who can care like that in in that's that is the truth in reality today nobody bothers see everybody is living their own life they're all you know they're all selfish to the core they are bothered with their own health they are bothered with their sickness they are bothered with their own misery they do not they cannot you know understand what it means to you know serve selflessly but the gurudev this guru mother is not thinking about himself or herself but this guru ma is thinking about all others all everybody else except themselves that is the greatness of this guru mother the you know no matter who it might be the guru will always make sure that everybody is safe and fine they are they are taken care of nothing no calamity shall befall them that is what the guru mother does so i i know what i can continue talking on this topic and it is endless but just to summarize this is the this is the truth you need to understand in a real guru the real master this is one of his natures and now we also discussed how you as a disciple should be you have to be your good self why does a guru constantly keep telling you be your good self be your good self show compassion be compassionate be kind be loving be caring be gentle be forgiving and serve this universe selflessly don't expect anything from anybody don't expect others to be nice to you you be nice to others these are the profound you know truth these are the profound Uh, uh, teachings which the guru imparts constantly and nobody else will impart this kind of a knowledge and when the guru is pleased he will bestow upon you that which is due to you whatever that knowledge you have to get he will bestow upon you so don't worry about anything just have this guru bhakti and do your service selflessly unto the lotus feet of the guru never question the guru don't doubt and don't talk about merits and demerits don't even judge the guru you are nobody to judge so we have learned the do's and don'ts and what to do as well what not to do as well so let's continue from the next uh, from the next sorry let's continue the next uh, story um, the same story but the next disciple who is this disciple of his and what does he represent such will be the result of guru seva said shri narsimha saraswati to the brahmin shri narsimha saraswati continued further with this narration now listen to the guru seva of ved ved was asked by the guru to till the land sow the seeds raise the crop and to take care 
till harvesting was completed and the grains were safely brought home. Bed was working on the field day in and day out without wasting a single moment and sparing no pains. Due to all the labor exerted and pains taken by him, the crop came out very well and yielded a very rich harvest. Bed loaded the grains on the cart and started to drive the cart to the guru, Guru's house. The load was too heavy and the bullock was unable to draw the cart. Bed was also trying to pull the cart along with the bullock. Unfortunately, the bullock got stuck up in the mire on the way and the cart wheels also sank deep down into the mud. The bullock was not able to pull out the cart. Bait was struggling with all, his, with all his strength to push the cart wheels and make the cart move. In the process, he almost lost his breath and was about to collapse. Dhamya Rishi was coming himself to see how Bait was faring with the collection of the harvest. On the way itself, he saw the heavily loaded cart and Bait. But alas, he found Bait tottering on his feet and collapsing almost on the verge of death. The Guru was very much moved with the selfless and steadfast devotion of Bed. He pulled Bed out of the mire and placed his right hand on his head, which immediately revived him. Not only that, Bed received total illumination and enlightenment, and all knowledge dawned on him with the blessing touch of the Guru. So how beautiful again. See, what, what does all these stories talk about? It's very important that you wear yourself out, you obey your Guru's command and you serve selflessly, unconditional love, selfless service, single-pointed devotion, absolute faith and complete surrender. This is what is required. So let us also learn about the next student, next disciple. Sri Narasimha Saraswati then gave the account of Upamanyu's Guru Seva and Bhakti. Upamanyu was also a very devoted disciple but he had the habit of overeating. The Guru wanted to curb his habit of his overindulgence with food. The Guru gave Upamanyu the task of looking after his herd of cattle. Upamanyu used to leave home very early in the morning along with the herd. After eating the little food the Guru gave him, the Guru, uh, after eating the little food the Guru gave him, the grazing grounds were far away and he used to return along with the herd only very late in the evening. In the afternoon, he used to beg arms from the houses which were nearby and had his afternoon food. The Guru, finding that the boy still, fa still fat, <laughs> asked him what he was eating in the afternoons. The boy told the Guru that he was begging Viksha from the houses near the grazing grounds and was eating whatever food he obtained thus. The Guru said he should not eat he should not eat the food he got as bhiksha, but should bring it to bring it and give it to him and eat only whatever the guru gave him. How beautiful. <laughs> See, why does this guru say something or instruct certain things to certain disciples? Uh, because the guru there wants to remove that nature, that tendency. So he puts them on this part of discipline. You know, he makes him take the cattle and go to the grazing grounds. And where is the grazing ground? It's pretty far. So what happens in the process is because Bed, uh, sorry, Upamanyu has to lose his weight. So when he walks that far every day, morning and evening, he is able to reduce his weight and also curb the um, his craving to eat more food. But on the contrary, what does Upamanyu do? He is taking Bhiksha and eating. So now Gurudev understood. So then he put another... Um, you know, he made another rule that you cannot eat the bhiksha alone without first offering it to me. So bring whatever the bhiksha you get and offer it to me. And then what I offer back to you, that is what you have to partake of it. Then Upamanyu started doing as the Guru said. But as he was feeling very hungry in the afternoons, he started drinking the remnants of the milk that contained to drip from the cow's udders. After the calves had drunk with their fill, the Guru prohibited that even Upamanyu became very much emaciated for lack of food. So the craving of food increases. The moment you say, don't do this, what happens, you know, your mind exactly wants to do that. 
Um, this we'll all find when, when the Guru Dev gives an instruction, the mind says, who is this person to tell me what should I do? That's how the mind will talk. Okay. Why should I listen to him? I will exactly do what the Guru Dev is telling. I'll do the opposite of it. So that is where you will have to override the mind and exactly do what your Gurudev is ordaining you to do. You know, why should you do that? Because that is the only way to control your mind. You're taming your mind. You have to give the reins, the, you know, the charge and the reins in the hands of the Divine Lord who is going to run your chariot. So you need to control. But first you have to control. How can you control? When you obey the command of your Gurudev. You have to do exactly what he's asking you to do. Don't do otherwise. When you do otherwise, then you're letting your mind overtake that command. And which means what? You're, you're actually not following your Guru's orders. You're disrespecting him. So this is where you will fail. And this is the biggest obstacle that comes on the path of a spiritual sadhana. Even in Bed's case, his Gurudev is trying to curb him from not letting him eat the food or in, even not letting him drink the milk. But what happens? He, he, he gets terribly hungry. His mind is forcing him and is unable to bear it. So let's see what happens now. Unable to bear the hunger one day, seeing some milk exude from some wild leaves, he drank the milk. That exudation was poisonous and it affected his eye nerves and made him blind. In the evening, trying to drive the cattle home and being unable to find the way due to his lost sight, he fell into a well. As he did not reach home, the Guru came searching for him. Daumyamuni saw his disciple fallen in the well. He pulled him out and moved much by the boy's truthful and implicit obedience. To the word of the Guru, touched his eyes with his hand, chanting the invocation mantra to the Ashwini Devatas. Upamanyu instantly regained his sight. Absolutely. See, even in this case, though this boy had the tendency to eat or overeat or do whatever, right? That, that tendency had to be curbed. So the Gurudev, you know, made him not to do certain things. But the boy was truthful. Despite whatever the tendencies were his nature was he was fighting to overcome so gurudev saw his sincerity his you know truthfulness his obedience to the guru's command today the most important thing that is missing within us is that we don't want to obey to anybody we want to do exactly <coughs> what feels like whatever we feel like whatever our mind tells us we want to do that so where is the question of you will want to listen to that inner voice the voice within you and that is why it's very important that you obey your guru's command when you start listening to your gurudev please remember he is very much within you you will go inwards you will understand the truth and you will recognize the voice within who is ever waiting there and guiding you that is when the god realization happens and how can that happen only when the guru is pleased guru sakshat para brahma the para brahma himself has to be pleased and when he confers his blessing Sorry, when he confers his blessings on you, when he blesses you and grace, you know, flows on you, then you will realize the divine. That is what is extremely important. And that is why it is mentioned you have to win the grace of your guru. So when you win his grace and then all knowledge, everything is right in the palm of your hand. It is not too far away. God realization can happen right at that moment. That is what is important. And bhakti is the only way. There is nothing else required for us to do. You don't even bother about, you know, trying to, you know, meditate, you know, trying to, uh, you know, stress your mind to meditate, all that. That is all no use. Just have that love and devotion. That is the only way for you to redeem all your karma, all your sins and evolve on the path of spirituality. There's no, it's not a rocket science at all. It's a very simple thing and you can achieve it today. Have that conviction, have that faith, have that bhakti, have absolute devotion and then you will, you will find, they say, you know, when you seek, you will find God. So seek and you will find it. But don't stop. Seeking means you can't just say, oh yeah, today I was seeking, but I didn't find. So forget it, let, let it go. You can't say that. You have to continue to seek till the moment you find it. You can't give up. Like my Krishna Guruji will always teach us, you know, he'll say, yeah, it's okay. If you don't find, then keep going ahead, keep going ahead. You will come across, you will find your, you know, you will find your treasure. It is waiting. But how much effort are you putting in? That is the most important thing. You have to keep digging. You have to go ahead. 
if you don't dig if you don't go ahead how will you find so most important keep going ahead don't stop anywhere and say okay i am done now no there's no there's no done now you have to keep going ahead there is no stopping there is no looking back and don't look back what has happened what what went well what didn't well it doesn't matter and you don't even have to bother about what is gone you know it's already gone it's done and over now only keep looking ahead go ahead go ahead that is what even ramkrishna paramahamsa ji says go ahead and you will find different minds the treasure is waiting there why are you just stopping there you don't want to take the treasure why are you why can't you go ahead so you have to keep going ahead don't wait for anything it's okay to if you can't find i mean you have fallen down but still get up and walk again that is the point the point here i'm trying to make is that there is no stopping you have to keep going ahead and don't look back don't go back into the past don't look back what has happened and don't look back what is going and don't look don't think about what is going to be what has to be will be and it's already programmed so why worry and that is why baba says why worry why fear when i am here and why are you worrying about anything the divine lord is taking care of you you have to just surrender to him everything is beautifully programmed it is already laid out there you just have to go walk that path walking that path is in your hands there's nobody else who can walk for you you are the only one who has to walk it for you so go ahead upamanyu instantly regained his sight not only that the guru not only that the guru though through his blessing endowed him with all the scriptural knowledge and wisdom upamanyu became a most renowned rishi it was his shishya by name uddanka who presided over the great serpent sacrifice or janamejaya which brought even indra down from the heaven along with his throne towards the sacrificial fire it is also said that uddanka soon after completing his discipleship obtained from adishesha in patala the latter's year year kundalas and brought and offered them as guru dakshina to his guru upamanyu shri narsim saraswati by these examples taught the brahmin the supreme importance and necessity of guru seva for acquiring spiritual knowledge and wisdom see all the three stories in in the three stories which now narsimha saraswati has narrated it is all about guru bhakti and guru seva there is nothing else and please remember one very important thing when if you have accepted someone as your guru you cannot disown that guru no matter how he is what he is is none of your business for him to for you to judge him please remember god has put him in that position it is god who has given him that ordain again okay there are a lot of fake gurus in this world doesn't mean you fall prey pray into them right pray to them but if you have sincerely had that guru have the guru bhakti and you have accepted them as your guru then you are no one to jury, you know judge the merit or demerits of the guru's doings or not doings also it is none of your business but you have to have that faith you cannot disown your guru please remember this one very important lesson you cannot leave and walk out even though your guru might you know put you through all kinds of test hardships but please remember his grace is there he is putting you through that so that you can evolve you can shine you can you can become that you know parasmani yourself he is not going to convert you into a gold on the contrary what he wants to make of you is just replicate like him in you like him you he wants you to become that another him that is exactly what he wants to do here if you've already studied where upamanyu had his disciple who became great so he upamanyu himself became a rishi so what did his gurudev did what did dhaumya rishi create another rishi so he did not touch that parasmani and turn that into a gold on the contrary he made that into another parasmani so that is how it happens today the way these gurus work is that they create another rishi like them another guru like them who is going to carry forward their knowledge their teachings and everything else the legacy ahead and similarly that disciple that that rishi will have another disciple who will become like them so everybody have the has that one or two chosen ones and they carry forward their legacy through these 
disciples why do you think they put so much effort in this disciple why does the guru have to you know you know strive hard to you know impart that knowledge to make sure that they, you know they are they get all these knowledge and he has to go and you know be after them it's not an easy thing to also have a dis uh, you know disciples and and uh, it's it's not magical there is no magic here what the guru does is also a uh, a selfless service sorry i'm i'm having i'm not able to describe in adequate words because there are no words for me to describe how great it is i just can experience but i i'm not able to adequately explain how difficult even it is for the gurudev no matter they are the brother brahman they are god themselves but it is not an easy job to be in a guru's position the guru's job is very very difficult we are talking about the greatness why do you think we are talking about the greatness because to be in the position of a guru is not a joke see these great masters themselves also have gone through their sadhana you think they have just attained this position just because you know they are god themselves no when they manifest as a body they don a body they also have to go through their spiritual sadhana see the body has to go through i mean many a time i'll tell my krishna guruji see you are the god yourself lord shri krishna so what is there for you everything is so easy for you right you don't have to you don't need to understand this you are not the body you know that you are not the body because you have just manifested in this body but he's you know what he came me a very interesting lesson you know when when you pinch or when i get a scratch on this body doesn't it hurt yeah the, the pain is to the body yes he has a perfect understanding but even then they have to journey to that through that body they have to use that body as a tool to serve the purpose and you know what they have been confined they bottled up in that body but they are ever free that's the whole point the, the body is just a vehicle it is it is drawn so that they can speak they can expound they can teach that is the reason why they manifest in a body today only god can describe who god is nobody else can describe so only lord shri krishna can explain what this the truth about what who god is because everything is emanated from him and how do you attain lord shri krishna the aspect of bhakti the love and devotion who else is better than him who can explain give us this understanding so he manifests time and again time and again to impart this truth and to put back dharma on the path to remove our dharma from this world that is the most important thing why he manifest his purpose is that and then very another more important reason is he comes and performs his leelas along with his devotees and disciples and they all you know part of this play he comes with his coterie everybody has been given their role to very beautifully play in this world and everybody has to play this role and through that role they have to go through this process called going you know learning all over again into understanding that i am not this body i am not this mind and the my purpose is something else i have manifested or i have done this body this human birth so that i can serve a purpose in this world which is my lord's purpose not my own goal oh i have a dream i want to become a bill gates i want to become a steve jobs no sir that no madam that is not your purpose <laughs> the purpose is to serve the lord's purpose that is why you have this human birth first most important purpose is god realization second most important purpose is to serve his mission you are you have come as part of a mission there is a mission why you are existing on this planet earth and that is what you have come to fulfill so your role is very beautifully you know uh, laid out he he you know right from the day you are born to the day you are going to die everything all the events everything is pre planned it's programmed you don't have to do anything you just have to you're just a you know like a tool you're a toy which is running on a battery it's already the key is already given and then you're just made to run so you just you have to just sleep walk through that but the problem happens is when we use our mind and say okay i don't want to do then comes the problem and then what happens you know whether you like it or not you're still going to do the same action the same task everything that you have been uh, ordained to do but only thing is you might be delaying that process a bit but please remember at the end of the day you will per, you will still perforce perf perform the same actions born of your own nature and as though mounted on a machine you don't even know that you're doing but you're made to do and then what happens then you will accrue karma then you will incur sins so don't do that and this is what lord shri krishna 
teaches Arjuna in his 18th chapter. So why do we need to wait till the 18th chapter? Isn't Bhagavad Gita all about that? Um, Lord Sri Krishna is explaining to Arjuna right in the first chapter, second chapter saying, go lift your bow and arrow and shoot. Why are you not doing it? Just do, just, you know, just do it. <laughs> like what Krishna Guruji says, Nike, just do it. Why don't we do? We want to procrastinate. We want to delay it. We say, oh, I like, I don't like. Oh my God. What all tantrums we throw. But does anything can stand in front of the will of the Divine Lord? No. You are going to still do everything that you have been asked to do. So why procrastinate? Just follow the dictates which is laid out for you. And go do it. Abide His command. Obey His command. And be disciplined. Most important. And be dedicated to that goal of your life. So this is the truth about why we need to you know, have Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva. How do you do Guru Seva? Not, not about why, it's about how do you have, how do you do service? How do you do Guru Seva? Selfless Seva unto the lotus feet of your Gurudev. What kind of a Bhakti you need to have was beautifully narrated with his three different disciples. As how Dhaumya Rishi had three disciples and how three different uh, three of them in different ways serve their Gurudev to the highest of their ability. That shows their devotion. That speaks volumes about the discipline and obedience in the words of the Guru's command. So today we have to be this. The unfortunate part is we are in Kali Yuga and we don't respect. We, we don't give that respect which the Gurudev needs to get. So it's, it's, it's very important that we ourselves you know, live these words, what we are speaking, what we are learning. This knowledge is not just coming to everybody, right? Those who are speaking and those who are listening. It's for me and you to imbibe this knowledge and walk that talk. It's not only talk, 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 or we're not just sitting in satsang just because we just want to sit and, um, you know, feel good about it. No, there is no feel good. It is about we want to learn. We are, we are seeking that knowledge. That knowledge is coming to us. Why? Because we are the chosen one. You are the privileged one. So use that knowledge and evolve on your path of spirituality. It is extremely important. And don't stop your progress. So these, these three disciples have taught us what kind of devotion we need to have. When the Guru is pleased, when we you know, win the grace of the Guru, he will bestow upon us all the God realization, the moksha, everything that you may seek or you don't even seek. What the Guru bestows is beyond what even your mind can ever imagine. So don't use your mind. Surrendered unto, surrender unto the lotus feet of your Gurudev and always be, you know, um, sorry, always be submissive unto him. That is, only, that is the only way you will be able to get that knowledge. So with that, we finish this chapter. So... No, we have not finished this chapter. Sorry. So the Brahmin now, the Brahmin now realized his great error in not discharging his duty to his Guru and in speaking ill of him. So what is Narasimha Saraswati give, teaching him is, Sri Narasimha Saraswati by these examples taught the Brahmin the supreme importance and necessity of Guru Seva for acquiring spiritual knowledge and wisdom. What did he teach about? He taught about the Guru Seva for acquiring spiritual knowledge and wisdom. The Brahmin now realized his great error in not discharging his duty to his Guru and in speaking ill of him. You cannot speak ill of your Gurudev. Please remember, don't speak ill of him ever. Even you might be very angry for whatever reason, but you don't have the right to speak ill of him. This is what the mind does. And that is why we say anger is the doorway to hell. So all the Shadripus, whether it is anger, lust, greed, hate, avarice, jealous, all these, all these Shadripus will not allow you to evolve on your path of spirituality. It will, it will become an obstacle. It will, it, will, it will not let you go ahead at all. It's always going to show you, you know, look, your Gurudev is bad. He's doing this. He's favoring somebody else. It's constantly going to make you think, you know, yeah, oh, so he's favoring some other student. He has given them the knowledge. I have not got the knowledge. I am privileged. You think it is, you know, you think you deserve it. And why should somebody else deserve it? All these comparisons, doubts will assail your mind. And then what happens? The Guru Bhakti will go out of the window. How can you have Guru Bhakti then? Tell me. If you think your Gurudev is doing something, um, you know, he is being unfavored to you. Or he's doing something unjust. 
with you then how will you have guru bhakti where how will the devotion come there itself the mind has already created a stumbling block for you not letting you go ahead not letting you evolve on the path of guru bhakti and seva you will least be will be least bothered to go to guru seva when you are not pleased with your gurudev or when you already have some feeling that my gurudev is not giving me and is giving somebody else you have already made judgment you are already you know talking about how good or bad he is merits and demerits you are talking about him and when you have done that then you can't go ahead so you are cutting your own legs so where is the question the guru is going to ever be pleased with you you think the para brahman is going to be pleased with you no so what is that you need to do never let your mind come in the way of your you and your gurudev but please remember this is the biggest hurdle in every spiritual aspirant's path or even in the one those who are on the path of spirituality as well every disciple will have to go through this this is the test that you are going to be put into so at that moment please remember don't ever question this greatest mother who's full of love whose love for you is you know you can't even measure such is the love of this mother never question this mother's motivation never think that this mother has some ulterior motives no no guru can ever have any ulterior motives for his disciples i'm talking about the true guru masters here they wear themselves out they only want to see their you know disciples shine for which they are willing to do anything in this world they will bear all kinds of pains they will suffer for your karma they will take it on themselves but they will not let one scratch come to you you know that is the mark of this great master they might be harsh in front of you they might say certain things in a tough manner but let me tell you all that is only because they care about you so much they want to see their you know their disciple shine become that paras money for which they are willing to do anything even it means to you know wear themselves out to the last bit they will do this for you that is the nature of this great guru no other guru will do this for you i am telling you this this is the mark this is the nature of a real master you take the case of ramkrishna paramahamsa ji or sai baba or anybody they all wear their body for the others the well being of this entire universe and their disciples and devotees and they are not selfish being at all they don't favor anybody you need to understand they know what is good for each one and they will only give that which they know which is right for you they will not give you nothing less nothing more but please remember how your mind will show you is oh the guruji is giving the other one something more but also remember every you know like my krishna guruji will explain to us i all, all you know all my disciples and devotees are parts of my body some hand will be used more the other hand will be used less so my right hand has more usage than my left hand does it mean that my right eye right eye is more dear to me and than my left eye no both are equal every part of the body is equal to them but we can't see that we cannot understand the greatness of this guru because they are unfathomable we use our petty mind to judge them so don't do that this master's greatness can never be understood and please remember whenever your gurudev is you know you know beating the pulp of you means not physically beating when i say beating the pulp of you means when he is teaching you and telling you what not to do and giving you that peace of mind you know that is it's it's actually blessing he's showering his blessing on you so that all that you know tendencies of yours negative tendencies that evil propensities within you will disappear he's cleaning you thoroughly he's putting that ash acid you know those abuses or those even the harsh words are his blessings those are the beautiful blessings is showering on you you need to understand but please remember when a guru is praising you are sure to fall down never take his praise but always take his <laughs> you know beatings that is what will make you evolve that is the truth i didn't um, it doesn't mean that when he praises you're going to fall fall but what happens is it gets to your head the moment it's not about him it's about you the moment someone praises us we don't have control over our mind we feel elated oh we feel mighty pleased oh i am the greatest thing that's happened if not for me my gurudev doesn't exist what nonsense he will bring 100 people like you he can replace you or like that what makes you think you are some great you know god almighty who's dawned here no we have to have show our humility and humbleness without humility and being submissive unto the lotus feet of the gurudev you cannot achieve any spiritual being 
and most important just be full of goodness you know you represent your guru in this world so you cannot have any bad behavior this is exactly what my krishna guruji will teach me all the time he says you are my representation every student of mine is my representation and if you do not live the lessons that i am teaching so what is that we we are going to show the world that my gurudev is bad no no guru is bad please remember it is we who define the guru so how do we need to define him his teaching should stand in us so live that teaching so we need to make him proud that should be our ultimate motto that should be our motivation that is only guru dakshina can be offered to this gurudev that when we live his lessons the world will say oh wow his this disciples guru must be great he has made this into this gem the beautiful paras mani we bow down to this para brahman that is what we have to earn that is the highest guru dakshina that you can ever offer so please live this beautiful lessons when you if you have those who have your guru seek that grace and follow his path he will be very pleased and those who are seeking the guru seek you will get seek and you will find shri narsimha saraswati was touched by the sincere repentance of the brahmin and told him your repentance has absolved you of all your sin he then placed his hand on the brahmin said lo the brahmin got enlightened with all knowledge and wisdom shri narsimha saraswati told the brahmin that he should go immediately to his guru fall at his feet and pray for his forgiveness he said that it is only then that the enlightenment he got now by his grace would become secure and lasting shri narsimha saraswati then left the amba bhavani kshetra and went to billawadi where there is there is the ancient temple of shri bhuvaneshwari devi there on the western bank of river krishna under the banyan tree shri narsimha saraswati made his abode and stayed there for four months so with this we have ended the chapter here thus ends the 16th chapter of shri guru charitra describing guru bhakti prabhava glory to the all merciful the omnipresent and the ever responsive gurunath so most important what did narsimha saraswati end he said though he blessed the brahmin and conferred on him the enlightenment but until his own gurudev does not pardon him most important he has to go and seek forgiveness from his gurudev and until his own gurudev is not going to pardon him and give him his blessings that enlightenment shall not fructify and shall not become everlasting or it cannot be secured within that is why only your guru can give you that blessing you cannot go to another guru here this is what shri narsimha saraswati also taught us through this chapter through this lesson that it is part of the guru parampara you cannot leave your gurudev you cannot go from one guru to another guru to another guru then you are doing justice to nobody then you are you are not anywhere you are just hanging like that like you know, are hanging in the middle yes shri narsimha saraswati definitely blessed him but what did he say till your guru is not going to forgive you and his grace is not on you this enlightenment cannot fructify so most important is you have to hold on to your step you know you have to hold on steadfastly to the lotus feet of your own gurudev you cannot keep keep going to one i meet this one i meet somebody else you think what they are all going to be very happy and give you any blessings there is no extra blessing also going to come not any blessing also will come that knowledge what they teach will also not enter till your own guru's grace is not there on you so you have to seek your guru don't ever leave your guru if you have accepted somebody as your guru please hold steadfastly unto that lotus feet of that gurudev never ever leave him you cannot leave your guru please remember this is the part of you know the, the it is a guru parampara and that is the essence of this whole teaching you cannot misuse that uh, the, the method or the process of what has already been established you cannot go change it and it is not for you to see you know see hundreds of the gurus you have to hold to one you can get knowledge from everywhere that is what here it's being mentioned so hold on steadfastly unto the lotus feet of your guru and walk the path no matter what hardships he put, puts you into have the guru bhakti and serve him selflessly guru bhakti and guru seva forms the very foundation of spiritual sadhana and winning the guru's grace is when the fructification of all your sadhana will culminate and then the knowledge will 
evolve and it will shine you will have the god realization there is nothing else besides that for you to achieve i hope you understand this is a very important chapter go read it this go listen to this once again contemplate on it and then you will realize you will get your answers and you have you will understand what is important for you and evolve on that path so with that we end the chapter today we'll see you all tomorrow at the same time thank you for joining shri guru charitra parayan wishing you all a very happy wednesday om shri mahaganapate namaha om shri gurudev datta om shri sachidananda sadguru sainath maharaj ki jai om namo bhagavate vasudevaya digambara digambara shripad vallabha digambara om shri krishna gurunath nathaya shri guruve namaha om devi durgaaya namaha om shri krishna arpanam namastu krishnam vande jagadgurum